And then, as you guys might know, we, we kind of drop these, these little catchphrases every week, things that we believe in. We're going to go real simple this week. <laughs> Here's my catchphrase for you. I'm so glad you're here. Um, I, I recognize that you've given up uh, your, your time, some of your, your finances, your, your energy to come be a part of this church, and we just want to say, that's awesome. Like, thank you for, for being a part of what God's doing here. Um, and particularly if you're new, uh, we love that you're here. Thanks for giving it a shot. And we're actually going to have kind of a, a family moment. And, and so if, if you are new, we want to just invite you in on that. And if you're a part of this church family, you've probably heard about some of the things that have been going on in the life of our church. And so um, you might have heard that, that Drew and Melissa have been walking through a kind of a tough stretch in their lives. But Drew is actually here. We weren't sure if he was going to be able to be here this morning. And part of the reason why he's here is because he wanted to be with you and share some of what's going on in his life. So, Yeah, guys, it's a, it's a huge privilege to be with you. It's been a, a very crazy last few days for me and my family. On uh, February 8th, our son Jude was born at 534 in the morning, and the birth went great, and everything looked like it was awesome. And they took him over to the warmer and he wasn't breathing at first. And I wasn't actually that alarmed at that point because our daughter, Aria, also wasn't breathing when she was born. And so they said, hey, we got to move him over to the NICU. So they moved him over to the NICU. And then things kind of slowly started escalating with him. And it became evident that things were getting serious and, and more serious. And so then they said, actually, we're going to have to transfer him from this hospital to University Hospital. And I asked the on-call doctor what was going on. And I said, from, on a scale of 1 to 10, how serious is this? And she just looked me in the eyes and said, it's, it's really serious. So I jumped in my car. I followed the ambulance to the hospital. I walked in, and there were about 30 doctors standing around my son, uh, Jude, in the room. And one of the doctors said to me, this is not good. This is not good. And I just, as you can imagine, just stood there absolutely stunned in this room and honestly just didn't know what to do. And all I could muster the strength to do was just walk next to my son's bed and I put my hand on his head and I just said, Jesus, please heal my son. And the only person that overheard me say that was this one nurse. I, I literally whispered it. And she put her arm around me and began praying for me. She happened to be a Christian, and she really was Jesus to me in that moment. And over the next um, 24 hours, we saw my son uh, go through two different surgeries. And so he has a one in 20,000 heart defect. And um, so the first thing the initial doctor called a Hail Mary, he said, we're actually fixing a problem that doesn't really fix the greater problem. It just prepares him to have an open heart surgery. And so we put the news out and I know so many of you were praying and and uh, just bringing my family meals and all those things. So thank you so much for that. And anyway, so he got through that first surgery uh, with flying colors. And it was, it's been such a cool opportunity, guys, with, 
with each kind of piece of news, I've been able to just lay my hands on these doctors, some of whom are atheists, and just pray with them and ask God to guide their hands. And there's just been numerous opportunities that I've had to testify that we serve a great and amazing, awesome God. Um, We serve the, the great physician. And so I've never once thought that my son was in these doctors' hands. I've always known that he's in the hands of Jesus. And um, by his grace, we've been walking and trusting him. And so anyhow, he goes through that first procedure and he comes out and they said that his blood oxygen levels and a number of other things kind of needed to get up to speed before he would be able to go in for an open heart surgery. And they said, we think that these number of factors will kind of come into alignment, maybe if we're lucky in two to three weeks. And within 12 hours, he had actually met all of those requirements. And so they said, we've got to get him into this open heart surgery. And so they brought him in to this open heart surgery. And again, as you can imagine, we were just on our knees, just crying out to God. And uh, by his grace, he got through that, that open heart surgery. He's currently at the hospital. His chest is actually still opened up. He's on um, kind of a life support machine and uh, he's doing as well as could possibly be expected having had surgery less than 24 hours after he was born and it really is a miracle God is sustaining him and doing something incredible and part of the reason I wanted to be here um, with you guys as your pastor is because each week I look out into this crowd And I think just from what I'd been through in my life even before this, but now even more so after this, I think about um, Jesus' words where he says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I know we've got a young crowd, and many of you think that nothing like this would ever happen to you. And I want you to know that Part of the reason that Salt City Church exists is to prepare you for these moments in your future. And so you might be asking, how are you holding up? And different people have been texting and calling and asking. And one of the responses I gave this morning was sorrowful yet always rejoicing. And it sounds like a a paradox, but as a Christian, I've experienced this many times in my life. One of the passages that's been most meaningful to me as we've walked through this is is Psalm 23, a a passage that many of you um, may be familiar with. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though... I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I can say with 100% certainty that Jesus is good on his promise. He is the good shepherd, and he has been with us, 
And I have felt his presence like I've never felt it before in my entire life. And this church has been Jesus to my family. The other passage that's been so meaningful to me is from James 1. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Another favorite passage of mine is from Philippians chapter 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. And I'm here to testify to you guys today that by a strange mystery of God's grace, this has been one of the greatest joys of my life to walk with Jesus through this. It's been painful. I feel like I've gotten beat up the last few days. I've cried so many tears. And I've experienced, and my wife Melissa and I have experienced almost continually this peace of God that transcends all understanding. And I'm pleading with you, if it's not your regular practice to spend daily time in God's word, and if you're not all in as part of a local church, and you are not surrounded by the family of God, I'm warning you, you're in great danger. Because these trials will come. And I'm here to tell you that as your pastor, I wanna prepare you for the thousand trials that will come your way. And I want you to experience the deep joy that Melissa and I have have been experiencing. So thanks so much for your prayers. And I know we're going to need a lot more of you guys in the future. So thanks so much for um, just being our family here in the Twin Cities. Um, I wanted to invite some of our leaders from Salt City up to um, actually just kind of lay their hands on on me and and pray for our family. And so I'm going to invite Nate Weichel up. And Jenna, you're welcome to come up too. And Rob and Kathy Wassenauer and uh, Jordan and Jessamy, if you guys want to come up. And then I also just want to invite my family up. So Anna and Joel, I'd love for you guys to come up. And Mom and Don, Luke, you can come up too. And um, Rob is just going to kind of take the mic from me and, and pray for us. And if you guys would, I mean, you see this all throughout the, the New Testament, you know, when, um, when somebody's walking through something like this, just people laying their hands on on them, and that could get a little weird if you all tried to lay hands on me. You know, I'm kind of skinny, so that might not work. Um, so if you guys would just kind of extend your hands out as Rob prays, that would be great. But you guys, put the hands on. That'd be awesome. If you would extend a hand and join with me. Father, I, uh, I do rejoice I'm also sorrowful on behalf of our our dear brother. Thank you for Drew and Melissa, for the kids, and how you sustained them. We do worship you for your continued care. Your words are living and active, and they never go away. You say you'll never forsake us, and this is a proof that it hasn't. hasn't. We celebrate the fact that you walk with us, and we're 
amazed that the God of the universe who created us, who knows us, who's high and lifted up is also imminent and next to us. Father, I, I can only imagine what they're going through, but I know you do. Thank you for how you've covered them, comforted them, and given them peace, the peace that you promised. I'm also grateful that you've sustained them and, and encouraged them by bringing family together and even the Salt City family and the Salt Network family around the Midwest. So many people are praying and yet we know that the God of our prayers is the one who's going to do this. So we thank you for the miracles already. The fact that little Jude has had these surgeries and you've used the hands of men and women to comfort and to heal and yet even the statement of faith that you just mentioned that you are the great physician. Nobody else could do this. And we celebrate that. We, we honor you. We, we bless you. And we ask for you to continue to do it. Lord, just as you touched the leper and the withered hand, the, the woman, the young daughter who died, uh, you walked on water. You've been reminding us, even these last months as we've walked through the book of Mark, that here. You want to restore the world and our lives to the way you intended it to be before the fall. Thank you for your covering over sin uh, in this world, and thank you for your dear, dear grace in our lives that make us more like you. Lord, I'm reminded that you call us to be holy as you are holy. You're refining us, and you're refining our church, this church, and you're refining the, the Stevensons to, to be more like you. And we celebrate that. We look forward to what you're going to do. And we're grateful, Lord Jesus, for who you are. And we praise your magnificent name. Amen.